Welcome, friends. It's time to take a deep breath with me, your girl, Lavana Martin Floriel. Come with me as we journey to discover life's aha moments that catalyze a more profound sense of self and the springboard for growth. It's these revelations that create our stories of transitions and triumph. And my goal is to feature these stories as a way to encourage and reiterate that our shared experiences can help as we continue this arduous journey in life. Today's episode features my friend and high school BFF, as she tells me, Tasha Lacey. I have known Tasha since our high school days at the Wood. Troutwood Madison High School. Go Rams. And she was even a teammate of mine during my early track and field days in Ohio. She has an awesome passion project that helps so many and supports her health and wellness journey. Welcome, Tasha. Hello. Thank you for having me. High school BFF. Yeah, there's a story behind that. We'll tell you that story in a minute. Um, so, Tasha, I'm excited to talk to you today about this wonderful passion project you have. But before we do this, I always like to start off with you giving the audience two to three words that you would use to describe yourself. Okay. Um, well, one word is talkative, um, <laughs> passionate. And my last word that I loves talking about is transparent that's my new word yes transparency especially when dealing with relationships can transform you as a person right absolutely and you know um I haven't always been transparent I like to say that there was a time when I'm like that I was uh (laughs) as whether they say alternative truth (laughs) (laughs) I was an alternative truth share. And yes. so transparent is definitely my new word. <laughs> well, I see you, my three words for you, I see you as loud, <laughs> busy, like a busybody, and devoted. Wow. <laughs> Those are good and accurate. <laughs> And so uh, I always like to start off, you know, anytime I have a guest is trying to just give a little background history on how we met and what our life's journey and why we have intersected and why I've wanted you to come on and talk about your triumphs in life. And so, as I mentioned before, we went to high school together back in Troutwood, Madison. And I, I like for you to tell that story of how we're high school BFF, because um, I know it, it, uh, <laughs> I have no recollection of, no. Being, of you being my BFF, but clearly you do. So take it away. I do. I will. Well, actually, like we were, you were just saying that we did run track. And what you don't know, Bonnie, is you were the major reason why I was devoted and stuck to track because I wasn't a track runner. And you gave me the drive to want to stick with something else other than what my lifelong passion was. And that was hula hooping, because what you don't know is I was I've always been a child, which is probably why I'm loud and talkative and a busy body as children are, because one of the things 
that a lot of people don't know from high school is I came to Troutwood when I was 14 and I lived everywhere from Texas to New York. And I've always been in love with the hula hoop as an only child. So my mother at the age of 13, because I didn't have social skills and she wanted me understandably to learn social skills. So she took that hula hoop from me at the age of 13. So when I came to Trotwood, Madison, I was a lost child, which was why I spent a lot of my time living in alternative truths. I was an insecure. I was lost. I didn't have any siblings. So I decided that I would give track and field a go. And I loved your drive. And I loved your determination in that. And I thought, okay, I've been given this blow of not having what was my comfort was my hula hoop. So I wasn't a runner. I've never been a runner. But the reason, and I don't know if you can remember this, Bonnie, I was always getting challenged. If you can remember that on relays, in order for someone to make, if they want to be on the relay, they would have to beat you on your leg of the race. Oh, well. And I was always, well, no, you may not realize that because no one ever challenged you. <laughs> <laughs> so you wouldn't realize that. But in relay, in order for someone to take your spot, they would have to beat you. And let me re re recollect, because you may not remember this, but you taught me how to come out the blocks because I wanted to give up if they just let them have it. And you told me, no, you're going to come out those blocks. And if, if you can notice on all of, I always end, come out of those blocks, Tasha, because that was one of the things you always said to me. You taught me the proper way to come out the blocks because you told me that it wasn't about in your speed. It was all about you coming out of the block. And I never forgot that. And that's what I practice. And that's why people who are much faster than I was could never take my spot on the relay because you taught me how to come out of the blocks. And that's how our friendship began, because we would, I could relate to you and your drive. And you were so, as you said, Bonnie, your Vonnie-isms have always, you were always transparent. You were always upright. You were always truthful. And you always told me exactly what you thought and where it was. And I could appreciate that. And that's how we became friends. I, I love that in you, and I still love that in you. Well, thank you. I appreciate that. And in an audience, as you heard, she called me by my childhood nickname, Bonnie, Bonnie. to all my to all my friends uh, back at home and on the track circuit. But, you know, Tasha, I, I think it's fascinating that I, I don't know what it is about certain time frames in my life that I, you know, don't have this strong recollection of, of, of certain events. There are things that you know that I'm like, how does she know this? <laughs> Because we were high school BFF. We were high school BFF. So, you know what? I've conceded that it's true. We were. <laughs> and, and some 40 years later, or 30 years plus later, yeah. we're still here. Yeah. And still here. here. And today we're going to just talk a little bit about what your passion project is. So you just told us the story about, which I've never heard, you're right, about right. your your love of hula hooping as a youngster. And mm -hmm. so I'm curious to how you pick that back up in, in adulthood. I mean, most of the people that I talk on 
this podcast, we're in our middle ages, so we're in our 50s. Right. And I find it very fascinating that a mid 50 year old woman is passionate about passionate. teaching others as well as encouraging others through this ministry you have with the hula hoop. So let's talk about how, how did you get here? Well, how, first of all, my mother is just, she said, I should never have taken that hula hoop for me. But how I actually got here was that was my hula hooping and ice skate. I loved ice skating. And coming to Trotwood, Ohio, um, <laughs> ice skating wasn't a thing that people did as well as with the hula hoop. Like I said, it was my, I taught myself at the age of nine how to hula hoop. And I did tricks. I even had a name for it. And, but understandably, like I said, my mother took it from me and that was the best thing that she could have done because I learned how to have relationships outside and learn other things like running track and finding other activities. My junior year in college where I had to do in my one-on-one communication class, a demonstrational speech. Mm -hmm. And I thought to myself, what in the heck am I going to demonstrate? So I thought I would do what I've always done throughout. And that's find something else that somebody else loves, figure it out, and demonstrate it. And there was a class of 154 plus the professor. And I went into a Walmart, and there was this hula hoop that I hadn't picked up since I was 13 years old. And I picked that hula hoop up, and it was like I never put it down. I could still do all the tricks there was to do. And I thought, this is what I'm going to do. I'm going to tell the history of the hula hoop. And in doing that, I found out things that I was fascinated before. I found out that hula hoop was the first, was, has been around since the 1300s, and that the Greeks used it as a form of exercise. I found out that Whammo did not invent the hula hoop, that it was actually um, Joan Anderson, a lady of Australia. And Whammo took her idea and in 1958 came up with the craze of hula hooping with the beads. And I was so fascinated by studying that the hula hoop taught me how to study. I began to understand what school was all about. It's about applying yourself. It's about truly applying yourself, about digging and researching. I learned how to study by something as a child's toy. I got in the class. I demonstrated this toy. I talked forever without notes. And I just remember the class like saying, I don't want to follow that. How do you follow that? And it was my first real true, true A where I didn't plagiarize or anything else that I did to get through <laughs> college. <laughs> I wasn't there yet, but that, and it just kept coming back into my life. I never dropped it down again after that. And I grew up, I have a rare blood disease called hereditary angioedema. And it's a swelling disease. I've had it since I was in high school. It's rare. I don't speak about it often. I live with it till this very day. But, during the hardest times of this rare blood disease, my doctors told me that I needed to, that one of the causes of my attacks is stress. 
And they told me I needed to find something that didn't cause me stress. And when I am in the middle of that child's toy, I, for 45 minutes or for 10 minutes, however long I choose to hula hoop, I'm not stressed. And what they realize is that this hula hoop was actually helping me physically with my health. So I began to hula hoop. I would take it to me with the gym. People would say, here's that lady. Here comes that lady with that hula hoop. But that's how I worked out because I am not a treadmill person. I might do it a little bit, but I'm not going to stick with it. I'm not going to stick with a Zumba class, but I can pick up a hula hoop and I will stick with it. And um, that's, that's how it kind and how I got here. And then I didn't put it down and make it a long story short because I am long-winded. Very. I had a, I had a heart attack <laughs> in 2016 while hula hooping. Mm-hmm. While hula hooping. And I realized then that this was my purpose. I just kind of put it all together, how this thing kept coming into my life full circle from college to my blood disease and now this heart attack. And there was a bigger purpose that then I even know. And that's how I got to here is. (laughs) No, that's awesome. Because it's, you know, in life, many of us have various passions. So it sounds like to me that the, the passion that I had with track and field it, your passion with hula hooping is almost, if not the very same thing. You started as a young child. You, it, you, it, you know, it traveled with you as you went through life. You picked it up again. It brings you joy. It's almost like your hula hoop is like what putting on a pair of spikes for, for me. The only difference is, the only difference is I don't have that high, high, so to speak now, because I don't put on spikes, but you're continuing, (laughs) you're continuing with your um, journey with your hula hoops. I wanted to back up just a little bit because I wasn't aware and you didn't share with me your high school BFF. I'm not sure if others were aware of um, the challenges, the health challenges that you were faced with from the time that I met you throughout the, you know, throughout the course of your life and even up to now. So for me, it's really impressive, even more so to, 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 to listen to your journey. But am I correct that that wasn't something that you really shared with us in high school? No, and I didn't share it, Bonnie, because a lot of I didn't know. I knew I was a very sickly child. I had some really strange things that would occur, but I didn't get diagnosed with hereditary edema until my third year in college. I just would have these strange attacks from everything I to people thinking I had the intestinal flu, the stomach virus, because certain parts of my body would swell. So it wasn't until they found me unconscious in the college bathroom dormitory. I had missed one of my classes because I was sick. I thought I had the stomach flu. They found me unconscious in the bathroom. One girl didn't go to her class. Thank God for that day. And she found me unconscious where my throat had started to swell and my stomach. They thought I was pregnant. I was, and I had an, a swelling attack and it had just attacked my body all over to the point where they ended up intubating me. And that's when specialists um, got together with a series of blood tests and told me that I had this rare disease that I was not compliant with because I thought, okay, now they're making up things. There's nothing wrong with me. So for years, I was very 
non-compliant. So I didn't tell people because I didn't believe in myself. So no, I didn't share those things because I didn't want anybody to feel sorry for me because I was supposed to be this great, fun person around. So I kept that. So again, that's one of the reasons why I like to say I'm transparent now because I don't live in that place anymore. That's fascinating. I had a guest on a, a few podcasts ago, um, Frederica Tokonway, and I don't know if you've had a chance to listen to her podcast, but she has a podcast series called Debunking the Myth of a Superwoman. And I'm finding out that many of us as women, um, in a lot of ways, put on this facade as if we're, you know, strong and powerful and we don't hurt and, you know, right. kind of like hiding things, right? Um, Alternative truths. Everything is great, you know, mm -hmm. about this lavish life, man. Yeah, we do. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, a part of that is because of what we want to project to the world, right? Mm -hmm. How we want the world to see us. Um, right. We want the world to view us when right. we're, you know, in the inside, we're, we're struggling. Um, and we're struggling to, to find ourselves. And so right. tell us about this business that you, um, tell us what you do with your business and uh, how the hula hoop comes into play with that. Absolutely. Well, first of all, just speaking on what you were talking about, as far as with struggling, you you didn't know at 20, you know, that I, the hula hoop was my love and people are finding out. So some of my girlfriends like, Tasha, you never even talked about the hula hoop when you're high school, because that was one of those things that I kept secret. I don't have to keep that a secret anymore. I have a business at 56 with a child toy that I teach women and my average, and believe it or not, my demographics, I'm the baby and I'm 56. I have a class on Sunday. And the oldest person in there is 85. And when I, it's a baby, baby boomers love it. You have people who say, oh, I've always wanted to be able to do this. To people who can remember, I used to do that with the bubble gum and I can have it going around my neck. So it's a time where everybody can find. And what they don't realize, Monty, is it's a form of exercise. Right. Some of the right. benefits um, of hula hooping is it's good for arthritis. I have a lady who's like, well, I can't do this because I have a sciatic nerve. Well, that's one of the benefits. I have ladies who say, well, I have bad back. Well, that's one of the benefits. It helps your lower back. It helps your. So what they're realizing is they're feeling better and they can do something that they haven't done. So it's called hoop fitness. I teach people exactly the proper techniques on how to hula hoop. And yes, you can lose weight. But just one of the things that I tell people is I got your 20 all day. 20% of any, 80% of weight loss is what you eat. And I struggle with that at 56. But the 20%, if you don't want to run in the gym, you don't have to kill yourself. The minimum of exercise, and this is low impact. Um, I've taught stroke patients how to hula hoop. So, and I, and the ladies love it. So um, I started the, I actually did an LLC seven years ago, the number of completion, seven years, and my business is growing. I'm teaching every, um, all over Ohio. They all know me as a lady with the hula hoops and, uh, <laughs> <laughs> and I do events and I, and I love it. I love it. That's awesome. And I see when you, when you're teaching, it's almost like, um, when you say it's a fitness class, so it's a class kind of like a Zumba, like to music. 
Yes, it is a group fitness class. I call it aerobics with the fully right. What I do is I take Zumba movement, I take aerobic, and I incorporate it with the hula hoop, um, even line dancing. And it's and what it does with the hula hoop, if you get tired of, you know, with Zumba, you feel like you can't keep up, you don't even focus on that because your whole focus with the hula hoop is I'm going to keep this thing up. And you're working out and you don't even realize it. In, at the end of the class, the ladies go, why am I so tired? I haven't done anything. Well, you've just dropped that hoop and picked it up for an hour. Well, that's right. bending and the stretching. <laughs> right, right, right. Well, I, what, I, what, again, I find fascinating about, about your journey is, is that this sounds like this something that's brought you passion as you've hit middle age, right? I mean, you've loved Absolutely. it your entire life, but Absolutely. your business is really like an after 50-year-old woman figuring on, out no. life, you know, the next, I know, because you're older than me, so I always have to throw that in. <laughs> but everybody, you know, you're all older than me. But it's about, it seems like it's almost like your aha moment, like you're... Uh, uh, you taking that another deep breath and moving into that next part of your life. Unbelievable. It's an aha moment. I pinch myself when I think, what? You're going to pay me for this? You're going to give me how, what? I get paid for doing this thing that my mama took from me because that's all I wanted to do at 13, that I wanted to hide from my friends that I, I pass through a toy store and look over at 16 at a hula hoop that I really wanted to pick up. But what? At 56, you know, it is a truly aha moment. It is, I pinch myself every morning when I, I get up. <laughs> I, I think that's fantastic. I mean, because I think sometimes, and we know this because we're in it right now, Sometimes you you kind of like wonder as you go through life, what is your purpose? And who's to say we don't have more than one purpose as Absolutely. we go through our life's journey? And so I'm really, really proud of you and, and, and taking the bull by the horns, as they say, and moving into this next phase of your life. So I think I want to end it, but I, I can't end it without talking about another thing that happened to you in your life that just brings a smile on my face. And that's finding new love. You Find found love in the midst of, uh, in the midst of, you know, moving through your life at an older age in your life. And then he's joined in with this passion as well. So tell us about your guy. Dale is an amazing man. And one of the reasons that I am where I am with my business is because of Dale Lazy. He's an entrepreneur. And when we met, we've been married, we're going on seven years our marriage. And um, I've been married before. This is my second marriage. And he is an amazing man. I call him my big guy. He, his friends laugh at him. They're like, oh, here come Dale with those hula hoops. When I say, <laughs> his, his friends, because he'll lug those hula hoops. You know, his friends get in the car and he's got all these hula hoops in the back, you know? And this almost 60 year old man is like, I got to go take my wife, you know, to hula hoop. But he is my biggest support. When I say that, even the, when I thought nobody's going to buy into this, and he's like, you have something. When I see how you come alive when you hula hoop, you know, even after my heart attack, and I was never going to hula hoop again, 
he said to me was, um, I had gotten a call from this fitness center who had heard about this lady with this hula hoop. And I was like, well, I don't do that anymore. I'm done. And he walked up the steps and said, really? Maybe there is more to this. Maybe this is your purpose. And if it wasn't for him, you know, er everything. I mean, when one of his friends said to me at one of my events, uh, when I had all of these ladies that I had taught hula hooping with me for three hours, and a friend walked over to him and said, people don't know. I'm going to try to say this without crying. Hmm. They walked over to him and they said, people don't know, but I know that all of this is because of you. Hmm. Bonnie, I love hula hooping, but everything is because of Dale Lacey and this man who takes it from his friends every day about his wife hula hooping and real, you can't go to a football game because the guy's got to go hula hoop. <laughs> <laughs> but he is out there and he's passionate with it and he he supports and he helps me with it and he's, yes, he is an amazing man. Oh. Wow, what an what an awesome, awesome uh, testament of you guys' love. You all, you got me wiping a tear off of the corner of my eye. Um, well, Tasha, I am so proud of you. I'm so Thank thankful. You. Thank I, you. you for joining me today on Taking a Deep Breath. And I so look forward to seeing that smile and hearing that loud voice. Uh, especially on social media, as you <laughs> as you and, um, continue to draw us into what your um, your passion is about. So thank you so much for joining. Thank you for having me. I've so enjoyed this, my high school BFF, and I love <laughs> I love you. <laughs> thank you. I love you too, girl. All righty.